0: what up my fellow rd's we are halfway through may which is absolutely nuts and i feel like i say this every week because i do thank you guys for joining me today on the pod i'm sipping on a campari soda because delish if you don't do bitter like what do you do like what is your go-to light chill beverage and like this is literally just campari with soda water like Not even, like, extra alcohol, extra bubbles. Also, Campari is very expensive here. By here, I mean Australia. If you listened to last week's episode, you'd know that I snagged a stupid good deal on a very long flight with a really fun layover in Fiji. Um, But going back to the Campari, very expensive here. Probably, like, $10 more than we paid for it in Europe, which is kind of a bummer. But also, we were closer to, like, the manufacturing site in Italy right so it is what it is so this past week I flew from Vegas to uh, Fiji technically Vegas to LA to Fiji and had an amazing 13 hour layover in such a cool country guys if you haven't been to Fiji would highly recommend some of the sweetest people like every conversation I had with a local, ended up being about their family and how much they love their country and how much like they love their island and take pride in like everything that they do and it's really 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 cool and how much they do specifically for their families so it was just really beautiful to like experience all of that and i get to go back next week when i'm flying back to the states so it was just, yeah, it was really cool. And I hope I get slightly more of a local experience because I ended up at a resort because like I didn't know where else to go. Um, but I feel like I need to plan it a little bit better and maybe hit up like one of the local cities. I don't know yet, but that's kind of the plan of action. And yeah, highly recommend Fiji if you haven't gone before. Oh, also super random. There was like wild horses on the beach and I've never seen a wild horse just like plow its face into the sand and like really just have a blast in the water and in the sand and then there were like local dogs the cutest pups they were literally just like digging some holes and like trying to stay like in the shade under the palm tree so it was really cool but fast forward i'm now in australia actually sitting in my 2B office when we move here technically it is my office it's not even 2B right like this room exists already my shit just isn't here so really excited to be able to have this space and make it a little bit less echoey because i don't know if you're hearing it but i'm definitely hearing it there's like maybe a 12 foot tall ceiling in here which i'm not complaining about it's dope as shit it's like a cathedral ceiling Um, but it's definitely a little echoey so, I will figure that out before I like legit start recording here. I'm going to keep this episode pretty short and sweet. I want to talk to you guys about what marketing all of these events has looked like over the past couple of months and how it continues to like morph and ebb and transform um, as I go. So, for the first couple of events, uh, actually, for all of the events as a whole, right, I put out a um, I put out a press release and I think that they're helpful because they give you some internet presence, right? Like it's not always like something that people are gonna be Googling. However, if they do Google it, it comes up with a bunch of different news sources. So I think the press release, especially for events is, it's pretty underrated. So if you're doing events or if you're hosting events going forward, um, would highly recommend a press release of some sort. The next piece, I've kind of broken it down into three different, four different means of outreach, I guess you could say. So three being socials, one being email. And let's break down the email first, because I feel like that has some heaviness to it, some complexity to it rather. So with emails, like you can pay for a list or you can kind of do the legwork yourself. And I've done the legwork myself and it is exhausting like it's not not exhausting, right? Like it's hefty to have to like research and to like have to do outreach. So the first two sessions, the first like Austin and Vegas, I did all of those emails like out by hand um, and like all the reminders out by hand. And that was taking up a significant portion of my time because I didn't want it to be like, here, like I've added you to my subscription list, right? Like that's kind of shitty. That's kind of schmutzy. However, it was taking up the majority of my week just to market. And that was overwhelming. And honestly, it didn't leave me much mental capacity and like, yeah, much mental capacity for anything else. So with the, the next two sessions, I ended up putting all of that on automate and It's been significantly less on me, which has been so nice to kind of just have it going. Um, Although I must say, emails I've found don't get a fantastic amount of traction um, with people purchasing, right? Like the cold email piece of it. I can talk more about that in just a second. But going back to getting emails, you're probably just like, Chell, did you pay for a list? No, no, I did not. Like I said, it was a lot of figuring out like who, like what dietitians are in a city particularly the city that I'm going to and then who's in like the outskirts of that city as well and it was a lot of just like googling going through like health props health profs um, and using a couple of other different sites in addition to it's a chrome extension called hunter guys if you've never used this before highly recommend so I think you get like 12 searches a month but basically even if the website doesn't have like a direct email address or like if it doesn't have a direct email address and it only has a contact form on it um, but the email address is embedded somewhere in the site hunter goes and finds it and it's awesome because then you have access to that person's email address so if you wondered how i got your email that is how i got your email address because hunter is boss um so if you guys are doing outreach or anything if if that is your vibe and truthfully email like cold email outreach is not my vibe however my goal is to reach as many people and invite as many people to these events as possible, right? Because some people aren't on socials, so it's going to be harder to get those people. Some people are in like, the clinical space, and I still want to be able to have reach into that space. So that's my reasoning for approaching some of this with like, email marketing, right? So, And for the people who are now on those lists, I will never email you again after like, the... After doing the outreach for these events, I'll probably just delete your email address from that list. To be completely honest, unless you've asked me to keep it, on, like, or rather keep it on the list. So, I think that that's really important, right? Like having some integrity around not just spamming people with emails ongoing afterwards, doing this tactfully, but also in a way that like still feels aligned with your values and what you're doing. So, I just wanted to make that super clear, of like the email piece of how I'm approaching marketing all of these events. Mind you, I'm talking about the upcoming roundtable rendezvous, just in case that wasn't clear. Okay. The next piece of it, I actually started reusing, no, not reusing, using again <laughs> LinkedIn and that's been really fucking cool. I'll talk more about that in a sec. The next piece of it is Instagram, and then the last piece of it is Facebook and I'm not I'm not loving the Facebook piece of it. So, with LinkedIn um finding like similar to the email outreach right like finding connections in cities that i'm going to has been really key and again not everyone is going to say yes to the connection piece but if you guys have followed me on any kind of socials for any period of time or if you listen to me here you know i'm coming at it with like a good heart and not like maliciously so i really hope that that comes through on the other end to people that i'm doing like random outreach to but the people who do respond have been really cool cuz then i'd like go through the list of the city and send them an invite just like a hey if you're free i'd love for you to attend happy to send more details again actually i learned this from Laura Jean of Dietitian Values when i was in her radical space last year like asking for like consent right so i'm not necessarily asking for consent um like Well, I guess, yeah, no, I am. I'm asking for consent, right? Like for them to add me to their contacts and then shooting them a message, giving a quick intro to myself and then asking if they want like more information on it. So asking for consent, I think in all of these spaces is really important to not just assume people want all your information, um, but the people who do respond are like, oh my God, yes, this sounds amazing. Please send me more info. So that's really cool. And I've found that... um, LinkedIn of all places actually has been the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? People have been the most responsive and the most like intrigued by what's happening or or what I'm doing. So that's really cool and real, really reassuring. Um, the next piece is Instagram, which is where I do like 99.9% of where I show up. And a lot of that is following back up with people who I already had conversations with, and inviting them to the space, because you know the algorithm doesn't show everything all the time, and that's really frustrating, right? So like, I think giving people the option to like opt in, um, but also like, mind you, what I mean by that is giving people the option to say yes or no, but offer them that like offer them offering them an invite in a DM. I think. Gives them still that autonomy of like choosing one, do I want to respond back to this message? If not, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then two is like, do they want more information, right? Like after that and not just sending a link I think is really important. So thank you, Laura Jean for that. Like, man, everything she does is like a TED talk and I love it. But I think that that was really insightful and just a really good reminder that we need to ask permission of people and not just assume things as business owners. And then the last piece of like this marketing social media trio is um, Facebook, and man, Facebook groups are whack. <laughs> there are some like RD specific Facebook groups out there that, like, even if you're doing things to like uplift our profession, they won't let you post in there. And then others are friggin' amazing. So. The Facebook, just because there's it's gate kept, right? And the only way you can really connect with others in our profession, at least the way I'm marketing, right? Like it's B2B, working with other dietitians, um, it's gate kept by whomever is hosting that space. So I think it can be a little bit limiting in that sense. Please hold guys, sippy time. So I like the Facebook groups are not my favorite, to be honest. Um, but I've found that rather than just like going in and promoing in those spaces, asking specifically like, who's in this city? Like, who's in this city? Like, are you going to be available on this date or this date, right? And like putting that out there, I think has been uh, more well received than just like posting about the event itself. Alternatively, there have been some Facebook groups where I've gotten such amazing feedback from people. Um, but again, in that instance, I don't find people closing, right? Like I find it more challenging to close people or to close a sale from a Facebook group than from like LinkedIn or Instagram. So I just wanted to throw that out there and give you guys some insight into what this marketing process has looked like for me over the past couple of months. And will continue to look like over the next couple of months. It's just been very interesting to see which areas resonate with more with people in different cities. Um, And maybe it is like city differentiation, right? Because like, I feel like if you're just doing something in one city, you can kind of understand what worked, what didn't and replicate it. But when you're working in so many different metropolitan places, people probably see information differently and process information differently and then like determine whether or not they're going to go, right? Like I think in bigger cities, people make plans further out. So like New York, Philly, Miami, LA, like it's really important for me to get all of that information out there sooner versus maybe in smaller cities, people don't necessarily, um, like in Albuquerque, for example, Albuquerque is not on my list, but in Albuquerque, people are probably waiting till like week of, if not a couple of days before to purchase the ticket because they still have availability. So it's just been very different to kind of see and learn about all of this as I'm going. And I wanted to share that with you guys too. Also, I'm sorry, my voice is kind of scratchy. Like this, like being in the time zone like not just in a different hemisphere but like okay maybe being in a different hemisphere so i think it's one crossing the international date line really messed me up last week and i'm still feeling the residuals of it even though i've been getting up at like i don't know like seven eight or 8, seven eight a.m here and i've been going to bed at like nine ten p.m maybe it's oversleeping man i don't know and it's also winter time here so like it gets dark at five and that inherently makes me tired um, so like the days are shorter. Um, so that's, that's my reasoning behind my scratchy voice. So I hope you guys have an amazing week and sorry for the shorter episode this week, but you had a really long episode last week. So you probably don't want to hear me for another hour, but as a reminder, guys, if you do want to come to one of the roundtable rendezvous, I'm probably coming to a city near you. I think I just, I think I mentioned it last week, but I also added norcal san jose to the list and i would love for you if you're in that space to be able to come to to norcal as well so the upcoming dates we have um i'm going to be in denver uh june 5th and june 6th that is a monday tuesday then chicago june 9th and 10th a friday saturday respectively and then in providence rhode island june 23rd brooklyn new york june 25th philadelphia pennsylvania um june 27th and then i'm going to be traveling up to toronto canada for july 5th which is a wednesday and then back to vegas on july 10th which is a monday for all of you people who work on weekends that's going to be an amazing opportunity to connect with rds in the evening Um, and then actually which is really crazy so well not the not the, the past part what i'm going to say now is really crazy let me be very clear um our August 11th in Charlotte is like 75% like sold out, which is absolutely crazy to me. So I'm super excited about the Charlotte group. You guys are strong there. The force is deep with you guys, and I'm really stoked to have a big group at that event. Then I'm doing two back-to-back in Miami, August 13th and 15th, and then... The NorCal date in San Jose, still the location TBD, but we're doing a NorCal date, which is Saturday, August 26th, and then rounding out the tour in LA on the 10th and 11th of September, which is a Sunday and Monday, respectively. You don't have to come to both dates in each of the cities. I got that question a couple of times. Um, it's a one day, or you can do both days. I've had that happen already as well. And you get really cool different perspectives, I think, on both days, too. And that's a fun little comparison because then on those two days, you can kind of learn what I learn and see from my perspective too, in the sense that like you're having different conversations and you garner different information from it as well. So whatever you guys wanna do, I'm here for it. The tickets are 111 for practitioner rate, 88 for equity rate. Um, and honestly, like choose the price that feels most aligned or that you can swing, I'm not checking. So choose what you can pay, um, choose the date, choose the location. And if you have an RD Bestie, be sure to check out, um, rather, be sure to snag two practitioner two practitioner tickets so it's at the full price. Um, and then if you put in the code RDBESTIE, you get 55 bucks taken off of that whole price. So it breaks out to 167 total. Divide that by two, it's 83.50 a ticket, which is even less than the equity weight. So it really behooves you to bring your bestie. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have an amazing day. Hopefully you can come to one of these events. And if not, tell one of your besties about it. Tell another dietician. dietitian, please share this podcast with them. Not only does it help out the show, but like it helps get this message out to other people because I think it's so important for us to be collaborative and to take some small steps towards making our field more collaborative as well. It can feel really overwhelming if we're just trying to do it as one. But with these event spaces... It's not just one person, right? Like, yeah, I'm the one putting them together, but there's so many of us who are coming together in these spaces who want to feel more collaborative, who want to be in, a spa- who want to be in spaces that are more collaborative, and it's easier to do it when there's more people doing it too. So, alrighty, guys, until next week, and um, I'll probably still be coming from coming at you from this continent because I don't think I'm gonna get back to the states until Wednesday next week and time is weird. I don't know. I might be here. I might be in the States. Who knows? But until next week, guys. Ciao.